Hi everybody, welcome to another Chats with Chaudhry. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Brett Hofmeister, who is the LAL Production Manager at Associates of Cape Cod. And today we're going to be talking about endotoxin testing and horseshoe crabs, and also a significant milestone which has just been reached. So Brett, how are you? It's lovely to see you, my friend. I'm doing well, thanks very much. Good to see you too. It's lovely to see you. So where are you calling in from today, Brett? Cape Cod, Massachusetts, right down in Falmouth. Lovely, uh, <laughs> lovely summer day. Well, I'm glad to hear. Well, it's, it is a lovely part of the country when it's sunny. Maybe not so when it's pouring down with rain or snowing, though. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining me today. Uh, before we start talking about uh, endotoxin testing and horseshoe crabs, would you mind giving the viewers a quick overview of your own background and also about ACCA? Absolutely. Well, Associates Cape Cod uh, has been located here in Falmouth uh, since the beginning, since we were founded back in the 70s. Our, uh, the founder of our company, Stanley Watson, commercialized LAL. Uh, we were the first to bring it to the market. And uh, you know, we've been growing here since. It's been a, a great run for ACC. And ACC and I found ourselves uh, around 2003, I started here. Um, I've, I've got a background in manufacturing. I love the ocean. I've been a resident of Cape Cod for longer than I care to admit, over 30 years. And um, we found each other and I've been working with horseshoe crabs ever since. I'm really enjoying my, uh, my experience here and the things I've learned. Brilliant. Fantastic. So very basic question. Why is it important to test for endotoxins? Well, endotoxins are everywhere. We're surrounded by them. Uh, they're, they're a component of our life, but they're dangerous when they enter your bloodstream or, or spinal fluid. So endotoxin that, that you and I are exposed to on a daily basis, our bodies can handle. But uh, if it does cross that bloodline, or it, it becomes a problem. It's pyrogenic. It can cause a fever. It can cause uh, terrible things to happen to the human body, up to and including death. So endotoxins are something that, that need to be tested for in anything that's injected or implanted into a human body. Right. Okay. And, and why are horseshoe crabs so important for endotoxin testing? Well, again, since the 70s, you know, the horseshoe crabs have a have a component of their blood that, that clots around the presence of endotoxin. So it's part of their immune system. Uh, other animals have it, but horseshoe crabs are readily accessible. Uh, it's a very primitive and simple mechanism to manipulate. So they provide the LAL manufacturers uh, in the United States the raw material to produce the product that we make uh, that, that tests endotoxin. Essentially, we take those components from the blood um, manipulate them and provide an assay and a, and a test tube um, that's that's freeze-dried it's stable that's very accurate and it's very cost effective so right okay but are there other ways to test for endotoxins as well there are i mean prior to the 70s uh the rabbit pyrogen test was the go-to test where you know pharmaceutical companies would inject a rabbit with uh say a, a sample of flu vaccine for instance and, and they have to monitor the rabbit for two or three days to see if it spiked a fever um, and that test, to, you know, is still around today. It's, it's not widely used, but it's, it's a compendial test. It still exists. There's an MAT test that's based on uh, human blood. And most recently, you know, there's a lot of uh, news about uh, RFC tests, recombinant factor C. And most recently, uh, ACC's actually released a new product, uh, an RCR, a recombinant cascade, which more closely mimics uh, the, the test based on the LAL test, so the same cascade. So there, there are... Other tests out there, but the gold standard, the compendial test right now is, remains to be LAL. 
Right. And f- I know you said LAL quite a few times, but just for those who've been listening, what does LAL stand for? And what so, does it actually mean? That's a great question. LAL stands for Limulus Amoebocyte Lysate. So it's a lot of people say that crabs contain LAL, and it's not the truth. Uh, the Limulus is based on the, the Limulus polyphemus, the American horseshoe crab. Um, and, and the lysate that we produce is based off of the amoebocytes. So, so we, we lyse these amoebocytes and release those clotting agents that I was talking about. So this is a product that we make from the, the blood of the horseshoe crabs. Right. Now, obviously, if you're using horseshoe crabs for the testing that must have it an impact in the on the population doesn't it or does it not have any impact when you're using it for biomedical use that's a great question you know there, there's a lot of debate about that um you know there's a lot of data there's scientific data volumes of scientific data that that'll tell you that the impact is really minimal uh with with what we do with the horseshoe crab so you know in the united states the primary use of horseshoe crabs is for bait. Uh, uh, they use it to catch carnivorous snails or conch. They might see in conch fritters or sushi. Uh, the biomedical is a, a much smaller component of that entire fishery. So the, the, the population in the United States is, is, is healthy enough to withstand a, a bait harvest. And the biomedical mortality is a fraction of that bait harvest. Um, and a fraction, you know, it impacts a fraction of the uh, population of, of horseshoe crabs that's measured in the tens of millions up and down the East coast. Right. So, so what do you say to people then who say that the population in the U S is not doing well? I would say, you know, again, read the data. Um, the Atlantic States Marine fisheries manages the horseshoe crabs up and down the Atlantic East coast. And there's individual States use those management directives to manage their own fisheries and States have the power to, um, manipulate, let's say, a quota. For instance, Massachusetts has a quota of 330,000 crabs that were allowed for, for bait. Uh, Massachusetts Division of Marine Fisheries cuts that down to about 165. So I would, I would let people know that there is a lot of people, a lot of scientists, a lot of biologists looking at the horseshoe crab fisheries on both a coastwide level and a, and a state level, and the populations are healthy. Uh, in the Delaware Bay region alone, it's estimated that there's 30 to 40 million adult crabs, countless juveniles. And it's, it's probably safe to say that there's hundreds of millions of horseshoe crabs up and down the East Coast. So, you know, the population itself is, is, is healthy. Um, that said, horseshoe crabs are slow to mature. They, they are sexually mature 10 to 12 years of age. So they're an animal that deserves and, and should be regarded as a, a a fishery that needs to be managed. We need to monitor them. We need to look at them. And we want to minimize the impact that we do have. And certainly there are areas of concern. There's areas where population trends are not going the way we would like them to. Um, and management addresses those through the, through the process of fisheries management. Right. Uh, on, again, on both the state and coastwide level. So I, I would encourage people to, to look at the data available in their individual states uh, with the ASMFC and and see the studies that are being done and see that there's a, a very healthy population out there right and, and what sort of conservation measures are being taken to help the horseshoe crabs well in along those lines so again the asmfc regulates it um one of the things that they did in 2011 was to look at industry standards with the biomedical companies and they put a put out a series of bnps for the biomedical companies um, they put in measures to reduce the bait harvest to a sustainable level. I mean, that's the goal of the ASMFC is sustainable fisheries. 
uh, individual states can do measures such as lunar closures like Massachusetts and Rhode Island, where they protect the crabs during the most vulnerable time when they're up on the beaches uh, spawning, there's no harvest allowed. Um, states implement things like size limits, bait bags uh, that reduce the number of horseshoe crabs that are used by conch fishermen. Um, there's areas that are off limits to fishing. There's sanctuaries, there's national parks, there's areas that are off limits to fishery. So there's, there's conservation efforts uh, along coastwide levels. There's conservation efforts in, in place by the state and the manufacturers themselves. Uh, you know, we work with some of the bay fishermen. Uh, in many cases, they self-regulate and look at the size crabs there they have. Uh, and certainly ACC has taken an active part in conservation. I mean, um, you know, 20 or 30 years before fishery was really managed, we had size limits. We had a return to, pol a return to sea policy with horseshoe crabs. And then uh, most recently in the past four years, we've had a uh, aquaculture project in place, our, our horseshoe crab sustainability project, where we're actually um, growing horseshoe crabs and releasing them to the wild something uh oh great well tell, well tell me more about that then so what have you been doing around that then in terms of sustainability project so this is this is a really neat project and, and i'm happy to be part of it um you know we see a lot of horseshoe crabs come through our facility and in around 2017 we had the idea of hey you know what what if we did some uh, in vitro fertilization of eggs we can we can harvest eggs from the crabs um fairly naturally you know we're not harming the crabs we take a few grams out we can stimulate and, and receive or get uh, the gametes from males and females. We can fertilize them in vitro and then we can hatch them out. We've set up a uh, now patent pending system that we designed. Uh, the company was, was behind this financially, uh, provided us the resources that we needed and we created this system that's uh, very, very easy to increase and decrease the number of crabs and eggs that are available. And ultimately what we do is, is feed the system eggs uh, hatch out the horseshoe crabs and grow them through their first and second instars till they're about the size of a pencil eraser. And then right. we can release them to the wild. Uh, we've got an aquaculture permit, uh, one of a kind from the DMF in Massachusetts. They give us three bodies of water to release. And uh, I'm happy to say that this year, just two days ago, we released our millionth crab to the wild, um, which is something that, you know, is worthy of celebration, I think. It's a, it's well, a congratulations. Yeah. No, that is a Thank huge you. Yeah, so well done. So, Given that, I mean, has uh, COVID, for example, had an impact on the demand, though, for LAL? Uh, because obviously we've had this uh, pandemic running now and there's been a huge demand for both test kits and also the, uh, the vaccines as well. So has that had an impact in terms of demand for LAL? You know, another great question that we hear a lot. And, and honestly, no, it hasn't had a great impact. I mean, certainly COVID has impacted the way we do business, a lot more stuff from home and whatnot. But the demand for LAL, does not increase exponentially. Um, despite the fact that, you know, the vaccines are in production, treatments for COVID are in production. One has to remember that the pharmaceutical industry has the ability to scale up significantly. So whether you're testing one liter or 10,000 liters of, of water for se, per se, um, the same amount of LAL can be used. So that, that scalability is critical to, you know, the pharmaceutical industry being able to supply an increased number of vaccines, for instance, or IV solutions, for instance, but the demand for LAL can remain relatively the same. Fantastic. So if people want to know more about the different uh, projects, the sustainability project, for example, you talked about, know more about that and also about horseshoe crabs and about endotoxin in general and the different testing processes out there, where can they get more information? 
Well, certainly, uh, you know, our website, if you Google Associates of Cape Cod, we've got a lot of information there about our uh, sustainability practices, some of our products, including the new PyroSmart NextGen, which is our, our exciting uh, recombinant product. And, um, you know, some of the data I talked about today is available with the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, uh, Massachusetts Division of Marine Fisheries. And there you can look at population trends and, and learn a lot about horseshoe crabs. Brilliant. Well, I won't ask people to Google it. We'll put the links above the video so these saves are going to do that. Excellent. So, But that's great. But Brett, thank you very much for taking time out to talk to me. And congratulations on achieving the millionth horseshoe crab out in the wild. So that's a great result. So congratulations on the project and achieving that. So thank you very much for taking time out to talk to me today. Thanks for having us. You have a great day. Well, you too. And uh, enjoy the baseball season the Red Sox are doing pretty well at the moment so hopefully they'll continue to do well from, from your behalf I'm a Yankees fan so I'm not so happy uh -oh, but anyway uh -oh. <laughs> well you should have said that before the interview right <laughs> well I do want to ruin it I wanted to make sure you were happy when we do the interview so anyway All right, so, yeah well thanks very much Brett. it's lovely to see you thank you very much for your time um, viewers I hope you found that useful if you've got any questions or comments of Brett please feel free to leave them below the video. I'm sure Brett will be only too happy to answer them. And also you can check out the links above the video to find out more about what ACC are doing around Horseshoe Crabs, their project. And I'll also get the links that Brett mentioned about the marine fisheries and so on, so you can get some of that other background data as well. So all that's going to say is, Brett, thank you very much. It's lovely to see you. Have a great summer. And thank you very much, everyone, for watching. Hope you found that useful. And until next time, as always, stay well and stay safe. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks to all.